Right, thanks. Well, this, this is going to be a very exploratory talk. I, I'm not quite sure how far the ideas in it can, can go, but we'll, we'll see. Um, so the, the problem I'm interested in, the role of uh, simplicity in an abductive methodology, um, I can certainly trace it back to um, Goodman's uh, new riddle of induction. Um, it's um, it's very familiar in in science um, in um, the, the problem of um, of curve fitting. I mean, so that for example, if I mean, suppose that we've we've measured um, one one quantity um, as a a function of another, you know, temperature as a function of time or something, and and we've got some some finite uh, number of um, data points, and and then the uh, the question is, um, how should we uh, project from these to uh, a curve? And the I mean the sort of natural answer, and if we've got something like that, is that we should just draw a straight straight line through the points, but um, you know, if we're wondering, well, where, where is the curve going to be? What's the temperature going to be at the, at the next point? Uh, I mean, as a matter of, of fact, um, whatever uh, value we, we choose to um, conjecture, we'll be able to, to write um, a, a formula, some sort of polynomial that uh, will sort of go, I mean, all sorts of Thing, but but we'll go through that point. So there will there will be a point that um, that predicts uh, that, um, and and so the, the question is, well, why should we go for the the straight line rather than the uh, the fancy, as one might say, the complicated uh, polynomial? Um, you know, a question that rises when, when you uh, think about IQ tests where people are given uh, questions like you'll complete the following, or what's the next member of the following series? And I, I remember um, once at school, we, you know, the, 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 we were given a series 3, 6, 9, 12, and the, and the, the headmaster asked, so what's the next number? And um, the boy, he asked, said, well, I think after that, the, it goes down again, so the next one is 9. <laughs> and and I remember the, the headmaster kind of f feeling that he wasn't quite on solid enough grounds just to, to um, reject um, that answer. So he had a sense that, that, that a fast one was being pulled, but he didn't quite know how, and so he, he just let it, uh, it go. Um, okay, so, um, so we've got, got this kind of, um, of methodology which, um, you know, we might, um, we might very crudely think of as um, go for the, the simplest uh, hypothesis that's um, consistent um, with your evidence. Um, I mean, it's a, a method which I think is typically uh, associated with the, the natural sciences, but um, it's, it's used and it, it seems to me legitimately um, used uh, in, in uh, mathematics and uh, philosophy as uh, as well, I mean, for example, when when people are um, 
talking about uh, axioms of, of set theory. Y you, can, you can see that um, they're using something like this kind of, um, of methodology. Uh, um, I mean, the, the simplicity, or some, sometimes people talk about elegance, but that, I mean, that seems to be a very closely related uh, property um, of uh, proposed new axioms is, is, a, is a very, very strong a point in their uh, favour. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's obvious that, on the face of it, something very uh, problematic about uh, this methodology, because uh, there's, no, there's no clear reason offhand why, why we should expect the, uh, the truth to be uh, simple rather than complex. And... Um, so, sort of relatedly, there are worries that uh, simplicity itself um, is is a psychological, subjective matter because it, it depends on um, what sort of uh, notation you put things in, whether you, you whether you're speaking a green-blue language or a green-blue language, and uh, and so on. Um, uh, on the other hand. Um, it seems to me that it, it would be very, very imprudent to conclude from those kind of doubts that, that we really shouldn't be using an abductive uh, methodology. I mean, it seems that uh, with, with this kind of um, role for simplicity or something like uh, that, because uh, that seems to be uh, really essential to the uh, success of at least of the more theoretical parts of the natural sciences. And in fact, you don't even have to get very theoretical for, for this kind of uh, kind to be um, seem to be needed. So it seems to me that, that, that it's reasonable to take it that this is a good methodology and to take it as primarily a puzzle about why it's, it's a good methodology. Um, so I, 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 don't, I don't think we're particularly in the business of, as it were, trying to um, to prove to somebody who's a skeptic that this is a good thing uh, to do. But but it's still very difficult to understand what what's going on and why it's why it's good. Um, I mean, there are all sorts of pragmatic things that, of course, can be uh, said. I mean, for example, that um, simple theories are. Um, easier to test than more complex ones, and so it makes sense to to start with them, just as it makes sense to start looking um, for your keys under the um, the street street light and so on. But it, it it doesn't seem that what we're dealing with is just that kind of pragmatic uh, matter. Um, it seems that um, in lots of cases. Um, we we have some very high level of confidence in a theory that is based on s some um, simplicity uh, guided um, choice, and um, we we want to understand why um, that confidence is um, is good in some um, not purely instrumental uh, way. Um, my my sense of the the state of the uh, the current literature is that um, that progress 
um, is being made um, by a, a strategy of divide and conquer. So in, a, in effect, people are giving up the idea that there's a simple solution to the problem of simplicity. Um, they're trying to divide it into a bunch of um, closely uh, related uh, problems uh, which are susceptible to, to somewhat different uh, treatments. Um, and you know, it seems, seems to me that there's been quite a lot of interesting work of that, that kind. I mean, for example, um, Kevin Kelly has, has shown that in, um, in a bunch of uh, problems, um, a strategy of going for it, in some sense, the, the, the simplest uh, hypothesis consistent with the, the data um, is actually the, the, the most efficient strategy in the sense that um, it, it minimizes the number of times that you, you change uh, your mind, roughly speaking. Um, and, um, and there's some interesting work by, by Elliot Sober as, as well. I mean, partly um, it, showing that um, under, uh, under reasonable assumptions, in, in certain fairly specific types of case, you, you, can, you can argue that, that what we would regard as a, um, a simpler solution, maybe, for, for example, one where you postulate a common cause rather than uh, several separate causes, is just going to come out um, as um, the more probable um, in, in some kind of Bayesian um, setting. Um, and this, he's also um, discussed the more sort of general question about um, the, the, the trade-off um, between um, simplicity and, um, and fitting the the data, um, because it, I mean, in a, in a lot of um, physical problems, um, it, it's not a simple matter of consistency or inconsistency with the data. You, you've got some measured points, and then there are um, sort of, but there's there's some error associated with them, and um, the you know it's, it's as it were it's 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 more probable that the um, that the real value lies fairly close to the um, to the measured one, but I, I mean, certainly it's very unlikely that it will be exactly the measured one. Um, and um, and you know, so, so there's a, a question about why you know why should we want to um, to give preference to some very restricted. Um, range of simple hypotheses um, over a, a much wider range of uh, hypotheses, which after all is, um, is more likely to, to contain the, the true theory. So, I mean, for example, in, in certain cases, um, you, you could just be, you, 
looking for uh, some kind of linear function, uh, you know, fx equals bx plus c, or or you could be um, you could be looking at um, a space of of theories that that, in, that includes all quadratic functions. So fx equals ax squared plus bx plus c, and um, the um, and of course, you, it's, you can't say, well, it's more, it's more probable that the solution is uh, of this type than of this type, because actually this, um, this, is, this type is a special case of that type, where A equals, uh, equals zero. Um, and, um, I mean, it, it turns out that um, some kind of waiting for simplicity um, plays a, an important role in avoiding a phenomenon um, known as overfitting, um, which is, is a very commonly encountered problem um, in, in practice in science. So that if, if you give absolute priority to, um, to fitting the data over simplicity, then then what you, what you'll I mean this this curve does particular one doesn't illustrate it but what you, what you'll tend to do is to uh, I mean you'll you'll draw curves which which pretty much go through the, the all the points that you've you've measured and will have all sorts of little kinks and so on in them uh, in order to to do that and. Um, and you get something very um, unstable because every, because every time um, you, you you make a new measurement, um, you you then you then have to change the the curve because the one that you did before won't go through it. And um, and it, it actually turns out that um, you you do much better in getting um, convergence on a um, Single hypothesis, something stable, rather than jumping around uh, in order to to suit whatever new data happens to have come in. If you give quite a lot of weight to simplicity, I mean, so if if you um, if you go for, for example, a, a linear um, equation that doesn't perfectly fit the data, rather than some much higher order poly polynomial that fits the data better, because that, that higher order po polynomial is something you're probably going to have to uh, change as, as soon as um, more data comes, uh, comes in. Um, and this, I mean, this, is a, as it were, this isn't a theoretical uh, problem. It's just something that scientists have encountered in practice. And I, I, it's worth mentioning, because I think it's not a, a, an implausible hypothesis that um, we're doing, we're making a mistake of that kind in some areas of philosophy, where we're, we're constantly um, tweaking our theories to fit funny new examples that are coming, coming in. Um, so as where you know you have a very fine ear for you know at least um, something or other to do with 
you know, epistemic models or, or some weird type of Gedier case. And so, so you, you, you keep dumping theories that seem to be doing okay because you think they don't quite fit the, these, these new examples and, you know, going for more and more complicated theories. I mean, that, that, is, that looks very much like the methodological error that scientists call overfitting. Um, so, I mean, that's just a thought in, in passing. Um, okay. So it seems that there's a lot of interesting work being done in this um, this area. Um, it it seems to me that in general, um, what it tends to be is either um, finding, as it were strategic come instrumental advantages in a policy of pursuing um, simplicity, or else it's restricted to examples of some pretty specific kind. Um, maybe there are exceptions to that, but I, I, it, I think there's a tendency for it to fall into those uh, two cases. And um, so there's a worry that that it doesn't, um, doesn't capture the generality of the, the phenomenon. Because, um, and in particular, you know, when we're concerned with um, relying on a, a particular um, hypothesis, because it, it seems like, like the simplest one that, that, um, that fits our, uh, our data. Um, that there's, a, more, there's, a, there's a, a, a direct epistemological issue about whether um, our reliance is, a, is good or, or not, whether it's, if you like, justified or reasonable, um, that, um, that isn't, isn't to do with how we're going to react to, to further um, further evidence, um, you know. I mean, for example, suppose that you're you're concerned with the problem of um, deciphering some ancient script. I mean, it might be that you already possess all surviving tablets in that script, um, so you do not have to to worry about. You know how your hypothesis will do when some more tablets get get dug up. Let's. I mean, you might even somehow or other say know that all the rest have been destroyed. Um, still, it seems that you know it, there's an advantage to to some kind of simple, elegant um, interpretation over over one that has all sorts of weird grew like um, complexities in it and we want to understand uh, why why that's the the case um, and at the same time we, we'd like to do it at a reasonably general level I mean after all I didn't tell you anything very much about that um, tablet. <laughs> interpretation uh, example that would, would, enable, would enable you to start building a, some sensible uh, Bayesian model of what was, what was going on. So 
that's what I'm going to to try to to make some um, headway um, on y- using the idea of uh, safety. Um, so the, the the sort of picture that I, I mean, this schematic picture that I'm going to work with is is this. Um, I'm going to assume that that we have a um, a domain of um, theories that we're considering. I'll suppose um, that these theories are um, are mutually uh, exclusive. So um, at most, one of them is is true. I'll assume that we don't have to worry about sort of big differences in in a priori probability about, uh, between them. At least, I mean, that there's no sort of issue that that uh, concerns uh, that. Um, and to keep things simple, I, I'm going to be interested in um, theories that are. Well, they, we might be dealing with with putative laws of nature, so that roughly speaking, um, they're going to have the same truth truth value in all non-logically possible worlds. Or even if it's not uh, um, quite that, that that these are theories which are going to have the the same truth value in all in all close worlds. Um, they couldn't easily have had a different truth value from their actual ones. So that. Um, as a word, for for safety purposes, um, we can we can treat their, their truth value as uh, the same across uh, all the worlds that we have to uh, consider. Um, I'm not going to assume that this the domain of theories that we're choosing between uh, contains a true theory. Um, okay. And, and I'm going to suppose that the, the method that we're using is, sim- is that we choose the, uh, the simplest theory um, from the domain that is consistent with our evidence. Uh, and if, if no unique theory is consistent with our evidence, if, the, if there's a tie or if there's some kind of infinite uh, sending chain of simpler and simpler uh, theories, then we, then we just uh, we, we remain agnostic just to keep things uh, simple. Um, and uh, again, as a, a useful idealization, I'm going to suppose that, um, that we're not making errors about um, which theories are consistent with our um, evidence and and we're not making uh, errors about which theories are um, simpler than than others. I mean, of course, it's not that I think you can't make such errors, but I we, I just want to keep things really uh, simple uh, at a first pass, to so we can sort of think through some of these simple uh, models. I'm I'm not going to be assuming that that simplicity has some special uh, relation to, uh, to naturalness or anything of, of that, that kind. Um, 
So I, as, which, as a way, so it, it's it's consistent with what I'm saying that that simplicity is a relatively superficial um, characteristic that has to do with human uh, psychology. Um, but I'm I'm assuming that these the simplicity um, judgments they're not they're not things that. Um, where, where people are going to be constantly changing. Well, after all, I'm, I'm assuming that they're not making mistakes about, about that. But it's, as it were, so they're, they're relatively stable judgments, but um, there's no un- assumption that, um, that they have to go, as it were, metaphysically particularly uh, deep. Um, okay, so... A kind of sceptical thought about this situation would be well, there's really no reason to expect uh, the, the simplest theory to be the, the true one, um, if, there is a tr- if there is a true one. Um, so, so really, the, the method that we're using is, is no better um, than um, the method of just um, picking a theory um, at... Uh, random and uh, accepting, leaving uh, that one. Um, now, enter safety. Um, and just a word about the, the way I'm going to apply the notion of safety here. I'm, I'm going to assume that, that we have a, a safety conception of knowledge, not just as a necessary condition for knowledge, but, but just, again, we can regard this as an idealization, if you like, but that, but that, um, that knowledge just is a matter of um, safety from, from error. I'm, I'm going to assume that it's a relatively local matter in, in, in that um, the mere fact that there are cases where you apply this kind of method and end up believing uh, a false theory, as of course there are, um, is not enough to to render um, the any belief that you may form um, in the particular case we're concerned with uh, unsafe. So that as whether. Those, those cases aren't close enough. But I'm also going to assume that um, safety is not so local that you're not allowed to vary the proposition um, con- concerned, so that um, a, um, a false belief, if, if, you, if you believe P, but you could very, very easily have believed um, Q um, instead um, by a, a relevantly similar method, um, that will be enough um, to to make your um, your belief in P um, unsafe, even if P is true, if if Q is false. Okay, so. Um, the, so if you think about the, the, what the skeptic is, is saying, I mean, the, the skeptic presumably is claiming that um, even if you happen to pick 
the um, the true theory, um, your belief in it won't constitute uh, knowledge. But where the what the sceptics um, complaint that, as I sketched it before, goes goes wrong, is that from a safety point of view, the, the method that you're using is not just uh, as we're no better than the method of um, picking uh, a theory from, from the domain at random and believing that one. Because um, if, you know, but by, as with sort of normal standards of safety in this kind of setting, um, if, you, if you pick, um, suppose you pick the, the true theory at random from the domain, um, then you could very easily have picked one of the other theories, and so your belief in the true theory will be unsafe. But suppose that you're using, I mean, sorry, picking it, at I should have said picking it at random from the theories that are consistent with the, uh, with the evidence. I mean, I, I may sometimes omit that, but it, that's always to be understood. So as well, it's a two-stage thing. First of all, you eliminate the ones that are inconsistent with the evidence, um, and for these purposes, we're also treating it uh, uh, consistency or inconsistent with the, with the evidence just as a binary um, matter to, to keep things um, simple as, as well, Unlo unlike the, the curve-fitting problem that I was talking about um, before. Um, yeah, so if, you, if you're following the, the method of... Um, believing the simplest theory um, that's consistent with your evidence, then you could not have um, believed, easily believed a different theory from this domain. Um, because by, by hypothesis, um, simplicity is, even if it's not metaphysically very deep, is still a stable matter. So, um, In, and I'm, I, yeah, and I, I, something else I should have said. It, for these purposes, I'm just going to hold the evidence that you've got fixed, okay? Um, so because I want something that's that's um, more like the, um, the the case of the the tablets or whatever. Where we're, we're, so we're not concerned with how you're going to do. Um, when more evidence comes comes in, we're concerned with with how you're doing in relation to your your given a lot of evidence. So, w given that lot of of evidence, um, you could not have easily um, believed one of the other theories because it's it's stable, um, which is the the the, the simplest one, um, and uh, since the truth values are also um, stable over nearby worlds by hypothesis, um, you're going to end up um, safely believing the true theory. So what this is going to give us is a kind of conditional, a little bit like the one that Julien was, was uh, defending in his talk, where, um, roughly speaking, if you believe the, the true theory, then 
that belief will constitute knowledge. So there's, there's nothing in what I've said to suggest that it's easier for the, um, the, simple, the simplest theory to be true. But it is... But the idea is using this methodology, it's easy to, to know it. It's not at all like the believing at random uh, case. Um, so, so the skeptic is wrong just to, to think, um, well, even if you happen to chance on the, the true theory, you won't, you won't know it, um, because the method you're using is not relevantly like the picking a, a theory at at random method, um, it's, it's got this kind of stability which is, um, is going to give you um, safe belief. And notice that the safety isn't, it's not, it's not the kind of crass version of safety where um, the mere fact that you're, um, that you're believing a, um, let's say, a, a necessary truth or a truth that's, that, that's or something that is in fact true in all nearby uh, worlds it gives you safety. I mean, that's, that it's, that's not at all what's going on. It's, it, what's, what's going on has to do with the, the stability of your uh, belief. Um, so, under those kind of uh, assumptions, it looks as though... Um, by, by believing the, the simplest theory consistent with your evidence, um, you enhance your chances of knowledge, but not by enhancing um, your chances of truth. At least there's nothing in the, in the mechanism I've been talking about which suggests that. Now, I mean, one thing that, that you might have noticed uh, about um, the method as I've described it uh, so far, is that the the fact that it's um, simplicity that we're using has actually played um, al almost no role. I mean, it's it. Um, I mean, we, it needed to be to be something that was, as it were, rough, roughly speaking, just a, a stable intrinsic feature of the um, of the theories that we could easily. Uh, recognize, um, but for example, um, if you took the method of believing the most complex theory consistent with your data, that uh, that would have had exactly the same effect. So, in a way, what we've got so far isn't isn't very interesting. But it seems to me that we can kind of extend and uh, loosen up the model. Um, a bit in ways which su suggest that um, that we do do not just have um, a symmetry between simplicity and um, complexity uh, here. So so let's assume that we're not now just dealing with a um, a fixed domain of theories. Let's let's suppose that um, that new theories can enter the domain can come under. Uh, consideration. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that the, for our purposes we're keeping the, the, the data, uh, the evidence itself uh, fixed, um, but, but, not, but now not the, any longer the, the domain of theories. Um, and I'm going to make an assumption 
Um, again, this is, this is you, you, an idealization, and I, and I will actually loosen it up um, later. But, but let's make an assumption about the domain, um, which is this, that suppose that um, a theory, uh, if, if a theory T star is simpler than a theory T, and at a given point, we've, we've got um, uh, that, um, sorry, that T is in the domain of theories that we're being considered, um, then T star is al already in that, that domain. So, in other words, we're, we, the, the theories that we're neglecting are not ones that are simpler than the ones that we're considering. They're, they're ones which are, I mean, assuming that simplicity is some kind of linear um, ordering or technically uh, pre-order, um, they're ones which are of equal or greater complexity than, than the ones that we're considering so far, which, I mean, it's obviously an idealization, but it's, but it's kind of non-crazy idealization. It would, I mean, it would be, what would be crazy would, would be to, uh, to think of it the, the other way around. Um, okay, so, um, so suppose, we've got, suppose we've got that constraint. Um, now, if, if we were using the method of believing the most complex theory consistent with our data, then uh, which theory we believed would be highly unstable under expansions of the domain, right? Because all it would require is you know, to, to, to think up some more complex theory that was, that was consistent with the data, and then we would jump to that one if that was the most complex one available. Um, and of course, it's usually pretty easy to, uh, to do that. Um, whereas, um, if we're using the method of um, believing the, the simplest theory, um, consistent with our data. We're not going to get that kind of um, instability, given the uh, assumption that I, I've made, um, because we're not, we're not going to be able to add a, a simpler theory that we would switch to, to the domain. There, uh, there isn't one. The, um, the worst that could happen is, is that, we, that we, we, we're believing um, the simplest theory um, consistent with the evidence, and then an equally simple theory gets added to the domain. But in that case, um, by the hypothesis that I, I mentioned before, uh, if, we, if we have a tie for simplest, we, we're just agnostic, and so we don't, we don't actually get a case of uh, false, uh, false belief. So, so under this kind of a, assumption that, as it were, the, roughly speaking, that, that simpler theories are easier to, uh, to think of than more uh, complex ones, um, we're going to get this kind of stability under expansions of the, um, of the domain um, 
if we if we if we go for the simplest theory consistent with the data, but not if we go for the more, the, the most complex theory consistent with the data. So that I mean that's kind of looking um, more uh, promising. Um, it's there are still some other kind of funny strategies that um, this wouldn't deal with. So for example, suppose that you had the the strategy of um, believing the the second simplest theory uh, consistent with your data, um, then um, that also isn't going to be um, upset, but by the uh, expansions of the the kind that I've been talking about, because, because um, because you're the kind of the kind of theories that would be um, simple enough to to disrupt it by this assumption um, are going to be um, already um, in the domain of theories that you're uh, you're considering. Um, I mean, if, and and the, I think and the same would go. You know, if 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 you had a strategy of um, believing the nth simplest theory consistent with your uh, with your data, um, you know, for some for some fixed n. But again, if we if we loosen things up, we can we can sort of see a uh, a, a problem. Uh, with with those other strategies, which are anyway, I, I think, I mean, they they feel pretty uh, unattractive. Although that, that that itself, of course, is probably to do with some simplicity judgment. But um, they so, so suppose that that when that this constraint isn't um, completely guaranteed, um, so that. Um, so that there's a, at least a, some small but non chance that we've missed um, some some simple some relatively simple theory. Um, then, um, well, I mean, if just if you, even if you just take the case of um, the the comparison between believe the simplest and believe the second simplest. Um, in order for the, the believe the simplest one um, to be destabilized so that you end up um, believing a different theory when, once you expand the domain, you, you'd, have to, you'd have to include um, some theory that, that was simpler than the simplest one. Um, but but if the if the strategy um, was uh, to believe the the second simplest one, then then you'd go wrong whenever um, something that was simpler than the second simplest one uh, came in, which is as it were, there's more danger of that. I mean, partly, but well, for just for the obvious logical reason, and and also presumably um, the. The less simple these theories are, the more danger there is of, of 
um, neglecting any any given one of them. And so, so the so so um, so once you allow, um, you know, once. For, for possible failures of this condition, even though, as a way, you think of this condition as something that, that tends to, to hold, um, the, believing the simplest one will be a more, a more stable strategy than, than believing the, the second or 29th uh, simplest uh, one. Um, and, and in the sort of setting that we've, we've got, um, we've got there's this correlation between the the stability of the choice of theory to be believed and um, and and safety and therefore um, as well the more the, the st- stability that makes for this property that if uh, if you believe the true theory then that that belief uh, constitutes uh, knowledge now. I'm, I'm sure there's, 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 I mean, much more to be done along these lines. I'm, I mean, I've, I've only a lot of what, what I'm saying I was only thinking about this morning. But um, so, but it, it, it seems to me that this, this is some kind of um, non-trivial um, connection between um, simplicity and. Uh, and safety, and uh, just to emphasise that the the role that simplicity has been playing in all of this is um, a role that does not require it to be something metaphysically deep. I mean, it, it requires it to be um, psychologically available and. Um, and fairly uh, robust, uh, which I, th- you know, which I think I think is. I mean, I, d- I think the fact that you can change notations um, and then reverse these judgments is, isn't really by itself any any threat to that, because because some of these notations are ones that, for at least for us, are are. are Strike as as more um, complex um, than than the others, so, so that uh, that all that's all that's required is is that we have these kind of uh, stable simplicity uh, preferences, and then under these kind of uh, conditions, um, where we have, if not uh, not a, an absolute guarantee, but some tendency uh, uh, along the. Uh, uh, Lines of this kind of uh, constraint, then then that's going to um, to give us, in at least in these idealized models, it's going to give us um, this feature that um, true belief turns out to be safe enough to constitute knowledge. Right. Thanks. <laughs> deal hands for questions, fingers for follow-up, and I, will, I may be merciless to follow-ups, we'll see. Uh, so I just have a small question about how you're understanding 
the consistency requirement and the set of theories upon which we are deciding uh, what to believe, especially given what you said about overfitting. Yes. So, I mean, you have these outliers, right? And presumably those outliers are going to be part of our evidence. Um, and we might, I mean, so when we're deciding upon the set of theories that are going to be consistent with our evidence, does our evidence include those outliers? Um, or do, are we so the, these, the outliers are, these are, you're thinking of these outlying data points. So, yeah, there might be some theories that are inconsistent with those uh, data points, un, uh, or unless we start overfitting, which might, which you seem to think was a problem, so. Well, I, as it, it, it's consensus amongst working scientists that I think that it's a problem. Um, it, so, uh, of course, um, I mean, my view is, is that um, evidence uh, has to be true. And so it's, I mean, so a, um, we won't have as a piece of um, evidence that um, the the true value was over here, when, as a matter of fact, it, it, it wasn't. Uh, so, so we're not going to have any, any evidence um, with which the, the true theory is uh, incon inconsistent. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a variety of ways that you could, you could go, but as it were, just as, as a first approximation, if you, know, if you like, to... Um, Take you know you you could take it that um, the the evidence is was just that um, such and such a reading was was made or something like like that. I mean that um, that might not be be good enough. Um, I mean, I th you know, I think if you, if you think about the kind of problem that um, I was, you know, mentioning the the problem of the the, the ancient tablets and so on, I mean, um, you know, I don't I don't think it would be a, a terrible oversimplification, you know, to to take um, some kind of canonical description of what of um, what marks are on the tablet as as your uh, evidence. I mean, of course, it, it certainly would be an oversimplification. Um, and you know, if 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 we're if we're going to go in, into finer detail, um, then then we're going to run across issues about um, errors in the identification of our evidence and and so on. But you know, I think that those. Those are really a different problem, and so I, th you know, I think I think from the the, the point of view of um, at least a first pass on the the problem of simplicity, I think it's le legitimate to 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 treat the um, evidence as something relatively unproblematic, because after all, um, the, when you do that, the, the the problem of simplicity emerges in a very very stark. Way so it's so it, I don't think there's any danger that by helping ourselves to idealizations of that that kind we're somehow going to lose sight of the original problem. I think we'll just just be dealing with the original um, problem directly 
while not attempting to deal with a bunch of other perfectly legitimate problems, but different ones. <laughs> So um, I was just also uh, thinking about the um, why favor the simplest hypothesis over the se second simplest. And I take it, uh, so your, your thought was when you drop the assumption on the board. Or when uh, you th think of it as one that, as it were, you know, tends to, to apply, yeah, but, but right, doesn't, right. There's but some it, it's your yeah, fire. Yeah. Yes. Um, that, that like, you yeah. know, if you're choosing the second most simple, there's a higher probability of, of dropping that one than if you're choosing the simplest. Yes. I, I just wanted to supplement that with another yes. consideration. I don't think it's really a safety-based one, but... Um, suppose you're choosing the second simplest, uh, or any of the nth simplest for n not equals one. Um, then you, you're going to get cases where if you come in with a, uh, well, oh maybe this doesn't always hold. I was thinking if, if suppose you uh, suppose you have the assumption that um, any theories that get added are now the now the simplest, right? Uh, you only choose ones that are simpler than all the rest. Then you're going to have a weird thing where if you're choosing the second simplest. Then when a new theory comes in, you actually switch to a theory that was already in your domain. Yeah. So you get a very odd violation of the principle, like the sort of analog yeah. of the principle of uh, independence of irrelevant alternatives. And it seems like that's at least, yeah. that's even weirder in the theoretical domain than the practical one. So, you know, there's the Morgan Besser story about, you know, choosing, wanting apple over blueberry. And then the waiter says, oh, there's cherry. So I say, oh, now I'm going blueberry. Yeah. At least there you can, you can... You know, you can make that sound rational if it's like, well, yes. the, the presence of cherry gave evidence about which chef was in the kitchen. Yeah. But I can't think of an analog in the yeah. theoretical case. So it does, it does require the assumption that any new theories that come in are simpler than all the rest. Maybe you could loosen that in some ways, but I thought that that might also be a... I mean, it would seem really bad if your rule has you violating a theoretical... Yeah, it, it, yeah it definitely, it definitely seems, seems bad. I mean, it, it doesn't seem... So plausible that, that they'll be the, the new theories yeah. will all be coming in at the simple sim yeah. simplest end. I mean, it, it, you could have a you could have a probability thing though, which is like, well, the probability of it coming in as the simplest is higher than the probability of it coming in as the second simplest is. The, I, okay, I, I'm, I, yeah, but I mean, the, I mean, the kind of rationale for for for, for this um, for for. for being at least somewhat sympathetic to this constraint, you know, either in a restricted or an unrestricted form, is that the that it's the simpler theories that are the easier oh, ones okay. to, so to think of. So, so it's, it's kind of okay. it would seem a, there'd be a, a clash between that and, and, and thinking that you're more that the, the new theories are more, that you, you consider are more likely right. to be to be at the simple end than at the complex end. And I, you know, it, that doesn't seem to me. I, I mean, of course. Uh, you know, I'm sure w w one can think of cases where where people um, have have not really considered the, the the simplest theory. I mean, epistemicism might be <laughs> an example <laughs> of that. But um, the but I you know I, I, it does seem to be as a, you know w w as a crude first approximation, it's better to think of the the, the simplicity going with with the easiness of being thought of. Uh, I, think I, actually, I, I think it actually might hold, though, that if, as n increases, the rule, like, suppose, yeah, um, uh, that you'd still have a higher probability as n increases the probability of switching to a, a theory that was already in your domain is going to be higher, just because, I mean, suppose you're choosing the 10th most simple, then, you know, provided the new theory that comes in isn't the, what was it? Isn't uh, 
just simpler than that, yes. you're going to be switching to one that was already in your domain. Yes, no, and I, that's I, mean, I, I think no. You're, I mean, you're right that that, yeah. that even I mean, even without making assumptions which are yeah. kind of contrary to the spirit of this, I, I, there will be a, a bunch of cases where um, where new theories coming in will will make you you switch amongst theories that were already under consideration, and that that, that does seem like a bad bad idea. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, so you said that you were, um, you thought that pragmatic considerations were not enough to, to explain the role of simplicity. And I was wondering, I'm not sure how much of a terminological issue this is, but uh, I was wondering whether one could not say, well, but this is just a, a pragmatic explanation of the role of simplicity in a certain sense. Uh, so, so here, so the sort of pragmatic explanation you had in mind was something like, well, simpler theories are easier to test, for example. But, you know, in some cases, at least, you might think that you only get to know the theory after you've tested it a certain amount of times. So, so that feature as well would uh, make it more likely that if you uh, cho choose the, the simplest theory, you get to know it uh, yeah. sooner than later. Yeah. So, uh, well, in general, I mean, this. So, I mean, the kind of strategies I had in mind by doing by pragmatic considerations were, were ones that were sort of future-directed, that, as it were, that a, a certain policy you know, w w was, was a, you know, g going to give you uh, rewards in, in general. And um, and the, the, so the, the thing that, that seemed unsatisfying about that was that um, Often simplicity seems to be very relevant to our current preference for one hypothesis over another, um, even in cases where we're not sort of envisaging um, new data coming in or, or, um, or applying new tests to um, the the theories that we've already got. Um, so, um, and you know, so something like the um, you know the ease of of testing. Um, well, of course. I mean, if if it was a situ if it was a case where we we ha we were comparing a simple and a complex theory, and we'd we'd done the tests on the simple theory and it had passed them, and let's say we ha we had been unable to do the test. I mean, it, you know, it would turn out that the tests were just it, hopelessly um, difficult to apply in the case of a complex theory, so that the complex theory was just untested in, in the relevant respects. I mean, then, uh, of, although, I mean, we wouldn't need an elaborate story about why we preferred the, 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 
the theory that had passed the tests to the ones where, where, where the, the, we hadn't managed to carry out the, the test. And, and I mean, in, in that case, um, simplicity, of course, would be playing a causal role, but it would no, it w- would no longer be as were something that we were actually appealing to. What we'd be a- appealing to is the, the results of the, the tests. Um, and it would just happen to be the, the case as well that it was because of the simplicity of the theory that we've been able to apply the, the tests. <clears throat> I was just uh, curious about the connection this might have with explanation. Um, quite often we uh, think of one of the things that make an explanation the best explanation is that it's the simplest explanation. Um, but if this was the kind of mechanism driving the preference for simplicity and explanations, then um, it would kind of presumably the way that would work is that one explanation would be judged better than another insofar as the kind of principles appealed to in that explanation were known um, as opposed to merely truly believed. So is, is that how would you well, think that could shed any light on explanations? Let's see. So, so the. Uh, if we're telling this kind of story, it would be that um, we were going for an explanation um, which which had the property that um, if we truly believe it, then we know it um, over one that lacked that, uh, that property. Um, so, we're, so we'd be going for an explanation that um, had a, was more likely be known, assuming that it's believed, um, even though um, it may not be more likely to be true. Um, I mean, that's. I, I mean, that's certainly not as were the story that one would have first thought of. But do you think? Do you think it's? Do you think there's some problem with it? Well, I mean, it, it, it seems plausible maybe that, that that wouldn't feature makes it a better explanation, all other things being equal. But I wasn't sure it's it intuitively seems to make it more it more explanatory. So this is kind of a better explanation without being more explanatory. Um, maybe or maybe you just do want to kind of treat that as partially constitutive of what it is to be explanatory, and this is a, a discovery um, made about explanatoriness. So, so let's. I mean, let's. So let's suppose that we're just to simplify that that we're we're dealing with theories, all of which entail the, the thing to be explained. I mean, as where entail the the data, the data, or um, or maybe maybe given some background assumptions which are held. Constant across the the theories. So, because of course, sometimes when we're talking about um, one um, theory being more explanatory than another, that has to do with just the the 
the, the connection between the exponands and the exponandum being, being a more solid one. But I, t I take it we're, we're not dealing with, with that uh, in, this, in this case. Um, so, so when we're talking about um, a better explanation in, in the, the case um, that's relevant, um, we're really talking... It's, what makes it better is just that it's a, the, the theory that does the explaining is a better uh, theory. Um, and um, and then the, 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 the so the, uh, the account that, that um, I'm, I'm giving um, is, is an account um, on which um, you know, what, what's, I mean, there are probably lots of other things going on along here as well, but, but just keeping it, um, focusing on, on what I've been saying, is one on which the, the what's, what's really good about it is that, um, it gives you, you know, it has a better chance of being known. Um, I mean, you know, what, what one thing that uh, I mean, what we're dealing with here are are kind of, in a broad sense, aesthetic judgments, um, and the the role that they're they're able to to play in um, theory choice. I mean, in my view, an essential role. Um, but of course, you know, one thing that one thing about aesthetic judgments is that. Um, that we, we, we do, as it were, start valuing aesthetic qualities for their own sake, even when there is an explanation about uh, you know, wh how we might come to value them. I mean, so that, I mean, for example, the, you know, the aesthetic qualities like symmetry, which you know, we value for their own sake, but they, you know, I mean, um, Asymmetry is is a good indication, you know, of ill health in in, in an animal, and, and you know, so think, considerations like that, which are certain, we, we're not, um, as it were, attending to, um, you know, when we when we value symmetry, but but nevertheless, they they probably are at the back of it, and um, so you know, I'd, it, it doesn't have to be that. This this is the story that scientists are telling themselves when they go for the for the simplest theory for this as a way, in some way to be the um, underlying reason for which this is a good a good practice. <laughs> You know, the, the, the method of favoring the simple can be applied sort of online, like where you actually get some data yes. and then form categorical judgments to the fact that this or that theory is true. But like, there's, there's also kind of a, a prior or sort of off, you know, way, way of applying it where before you've done much of the, gathered much of the relevant data, um, you consider various uh, you know, logically possible patterns of data mm -hmm. And you know, for, and what people, what you'll find people actually doing is, you know, coming to believe a lot of conditionals of the form. Well, if the data is like this, where that describes a rich pattern of data, then the true theory is T1, where that's, in fact, let's just suppose, you know, one of the simplest, or, you know, the simplest theory consistent with 
that, that, that package of data. And if the data is this other way, then the true theory is T2, or that's the simplest uh, theory consistent with the second package of data, and so forth. Um, a thing that you don't see people doing you know, prior to gathering a large package of relevant data is just confidently judging uh, that the very simplest of all the theories yes. compatible with their, very, their current tiny uh, package of data is the true one. Um, although, of course, that, you know, to, to making that that's very strong judgment would presumably entail all the other conditionals if they're just material conditionals. But uh, anyway, that, that, that's not the way people do it. Intuitive, that would, that would be a crazy method to, to follow. But, uh, so, so I don't know, one, one thing that it would be nice out of a sort of a general explanation of the value of you know, what's good about the simplicity pursuing method is could explain why, the, why the, the, the way we actually do it, namely to believe these kind of conditional things, but not to just plumb straight for the, the the very simplest theory before, before gathering almost any data at all. Why, that, why that's a good method. Whereas it was seeming to me that the kinds of positive things that you were saying about the method of preferring the simpler would, would have trouble distinguish, would have trouble explaining why, you know, the, 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 in the ways that you were caring about, mm -hmm. the method of just going for the simplest thing of all in the absence of almost any data would have, would have not, would have no disadvantages with respect to the method of only forming the, conti the conditional judgments. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, one thing is, of course, that, I mean, most Most methods in, in science, are, you know, only, I mean, they only work, you know, if you, you know, if you have some a reasonable sense of when to apply them. And, um, you know, and, and the, the, those limits are, you know, not necessarily as, as were written into the, the method itself. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I th it would be, be kind of... Um, You know, it's, well, it's, it's it's you know it's crazy to 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 apply this sort of method when you've you've made um, no attempt to gather data and, and no attempt to to think of of any theories beyond the first that crossed your mind and 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 so on. Um, so that's that's one thing. So yeah, it is. Um, and it, yeah, it's an interesting, but but the question about um, how far one should should believe these conditionals, um, It's not totally obvious to me that, that people will accept those conditionals. I mean, that, that you know, if you just, if, um, 
you know, if you, if you, if, if you say, well, suppose that, that um, such and such, as well as statement of the content of the evidence, then, um, then which of these theories is correct under that supposition? Um, I, I'm not sure that people would... I, I mean, I'm just... I mean, it's a, it's a very interesting question, but I'm not sure that people would be would want to do more than just say, well, if, that, if we get that evidence, then the theory that, to go for is this one. Um, I'm... So... The, um, I don't know what I, I don't know whether other people think, but um, it's it's not it's not obvious to me that that this you know this kind of thing is just going to happen in a completely straightforward way off offline as. Uh, as well, I think I think it may act, but, but I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, but it may be sensitive to the fact that you've actually got the the evidence. But but that, I mean, that, I might be wrong with that. Yeah. So um, I think this is just a follow-up. In, in, in the talk, you you assume that the theories in the domain had roughly the same prior probability. Or at least, or, or, either that, or at least that we did. I mean, maybe that we, that we didn't, we weren't even attempting to assess their probability. I mean, it was, but but at any rate, that we didn't have to worry about the fact that some of them had, you know, a massively higher prior probability than than others. Yeah. Um, so, but I guess most people would have thought that simplicity uh, plays a crucial role, uh, precisely in in determining the prior uh, probability of a theory. Yes. So this is. I mean, and I, I, I would have thought that this is not, you know, something that you, you have to uh, to reject. It's just that you have, uh, you know, um, well, the same justification that you give for, for using the, the, the rule that you talked about yes. would apply to assigning a higher prior probability to the, to, to the simpler theories. And then, um, of course, it could also happen that after the evidence comes in, uh, although there is a sim simpler theory, it's 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 not the one that, uh, or, or at least it does not meet the, the the relevant threshold for being accepted. Or something. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, if 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 I uh, had time, it, it would have been good to have talked about that kind of strategy because I mean, I I agree. It, it is a it is a very natural strategy for um, for trying to. Explain um, what's going on here in um, in Bayesian terms. I'm I'm a bit skeptical that it can really do the the work because um, when you know when we're dealing with um, universal generalizations over um, an infinite or at least incredibly large. Uh, domain. Um, 
you you do have to <laughs> to give a, 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 a sort of massive favoritism to the the simpler worlds um, you know, in order to um, to get them coming out as really highly highly probable just by you know the um, the ordinary um, the, you know devices of conditionalization and and so on and um, it's you know whether I, I, it's, you know, it, it feels rather difficult to you know to to, to, to swallow the, the as were the the the, um, the degree of favoritism that's required in the in the, the priors to uh, to achieve that, um, and you know it, it, it's it's um, sort of well, it's quite difficult you know to pre- prevent uh, all these. Um, these universal generalizations, you know, coming out with probab- prior probabilities zero, and then you know, if the um, if the evidence that you gather has a has a non-zero prior probability, that you know you're in, in trouble when you, you conditionalize. Oh, so I was uh, I was wondering whether or how far considerations of strengths of theories could entering or would play so for instance you might think well why why not just believe the evidence and nothing more which is guaranteed to be known yes. on the assumptions and uh, and then the idea is that there is something good like we want to have a shot as to having something more informative but uh, but the more the stronger the theory the less likely so to speak we yes. are to bump on the true theory, which would then be known if the simplicity yes. strategy works. So there seems to be a, a trade-off, and so do we... I mean, is there this kind of trade-off that, on the one hand, we go for something stronger than the evidence, uh, which uh, uh, gives us some chance of yes. hitting on a false theory, uh, but on the other hand, we have simplicity uh, that gives us a shot at knowledge. Just the two things get balanced? Or? Um, yeah, I mean, the way, the way I've been doing things, um, it's... The, I mean, in, in effect, what, what one, what, one way in which I was assuming that we, that we didn't have to worry about sort of big differences in prior probabilities is just, you know, I mean, obviously, if, if, we, were, if we were comparing some, some highly specific... Theories with some some highly unspecific theories, and the unspecific ones would would get a, a big probabilistic ad- advantage just just from covering more um, area. So so I've so as it were to a first approximation, I was thinking that that these um, theories are that we're choosing between are of equal strength, and you know, and I mean, I think that's a relatively typical. Case in science. I mean, you know, if if, if you're, for example, um, you know, if, if you're choosing amongst theories of the form, you know, f x equals a x squared plus b x plus c, and um, and so that what you're choosing is uh, the values of the the three parameters. That then then um, 
any of those theories has, in some sense, the same strength as, as any other. I mean, each of them delivers um, a, a value of fx for, for, for each um, input value of, of x. Um, and, um, you know, and, and I think it's... It's relatively characteristic. I, I would conjecture as a feature of scientific practice that, that 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 we sort of de facto compare theories of of equal strength, and um, and we're and because we're interested in the um, in the truth, um, you know, we we want uh, theories that are as strong as as possible. Um, I mean, I guess. In a case like this, we, I mean, we might well uh, end up. I mean, we'd, we'd we'd go for our values of A, B, and C, and then I mean, we might there might well be some kind of um, interval, or, you know, confidence interval around those th- th- those values, um, so that um, you know we, we you know we we might might be that we wouldn't actually. Believe that that we've got exactly the right the right values. So there are there are sort of fallback things that you could do in that way to um, to make the the beliefs n- not not crazily strong. Um, if I can. Just, yeah. Oh no, I guess oh. we have a bit so um, I worry that this might not tell us much about what's special about simplicity compared to other counterfactually stable ways that we might have of picking one of the mm. theories out of the domain. Mm. So suppose everybody just picks what they take to be the coolest, or the most intuitive, or the least intuitive, or the most exciting. You know, and assuming their dispositions to be excited by theories are going to be counterfactually stable, won't that get them the same? Uh, epistemic stability as choosing the simplest. Um, well, the, the the way that simplicity was um, supposed to be playing the distinctive role was was by these this kind of condition here. So, um, so it would. Um, so it's it's going to make a, a a big difference whether these other properties like uh, coolness and Sightingness and so on. Whether um, there's there's some tendency to to have, as it were, all already thought of the the, the theories that are cooler or or more exciting than um, the. The ones that we've already th- thought of, and, and actually, um, I mean, if you take the case, well, b- b- both excitement and cool are matters of fashion, and um, and so um, so it tends to be that um, that new things, you know. Are, are big, are the coolest and the most exciting ones. 
And, and so that would mean that, as it were, any, any ex expansion of the, um, of the domain would, would tend to, to bring in um, new theories that were regarded as the coolest and, and the most exciting, just because they were, uh, they were new. And, and also, um, b b matters of fashion are uh, sort of no notoriously unstable. So even if we don't think of it in a kind of diachronic way, um, you know, if, if um, you know, if lime green is this year's, uh, you know, cool colour, I mean, it, it, I'm sure it isn't, <laughs> um, then, um, you know, then it could just as easily have, have been the, that uh, indigo was or something like that. And so, so the, you know, the, those, uh, and what people get excited about is also very, um, un, you know, unstable. So, so those, th those other properties don't, don't look to have the kind of um, stability. I mean, I mean, in part because um, the, the ones that, that you're describing, they, they seem considerably more subject to uh, influence from all sorts of incidental uh, background factors than, than simplicity. So, I mean, it might, it might be that there, are, that there are other things than, than simplicity which, which, about which one could say the kind of thing that I've been saying about simplicity. Um, but it would be interesting, you know, if, it would be interesting to see what they are and, and what, whether they, they also play a role in... Um, Scientific theory. I mean, you know, I mentioned elegance as something which is kind of related to simplicity, but not exactly the same thing as simplicity. And you know, elegance is more, as it were, the rather than this year's trendy current fashions. It's a kind of that's a kind of classical uh, uh, thing that will that will always be in fashion, and you know, so it has has the right kind of stability but, um, property for for safety. That's safer to dress classically. <clears throat> Since we started late, I'm going to let us go a little bit over. Uh, so John and then Declan. So I was just thinking... About an, another little trade-off that doesn't turn on informational strength. Sometimes if you believe a false theory, you can nevertheless get knowledge consolation prizes because some of the fragments of a theory yes. might be known even though the theory itself is false. Yes. And false theories uh, don't... Uh, aren't equal, even if they're informationally equal in their ability to uh, offer such consolation prizes. It might be that uh, a grand theory that tries to offer one sweeping law that pulls together disparate phenomena is simple, but if you're wrong about it, uh, you, there's less of a consolation prize than if you had three laws, one for each phenomenon. One of the laws is wrong, but two of the, two of the laws is right. So I, I, it, it didn't seem, it seemed at least worth thinking about whether sometimes going for simplicity isn't always the way to give yourself the best chance of knowledge because you're uh, giving yourself less hope of knowledge consolation prizes, as it were. Yeah. Um. It's uh, 
I mean, there are, there are, I mean, there have been attempts in the um, philosophy of science literature to, to well, to, to measure consolation prizes, not in terms of knowledge, but in terms of, of truth, because, you know, because um, through, uh, I mean, Popper's idea of verisimilitude and so on. And it, it's, it's, it's proved... It's proved tricky to do because because every false theory has um, infinitely many true consequences right. and so on. But but I mean I don't think I mean that that's not enough to uh, to dismiss the the idea. Um, so I mean, what would be what would be interesting is you know to to see what as well what if if you were interested in in those kind of consolation prizes um what would be um good um kind of Good strategies for for for, max, for maximizing the the consolation if you didn't if you didn't get a first prize. I, I mean, in I mean, quite a lot of that goes on with with with, with the sort of examples, that, you know, that, or some of the examples that I was considering, because um, because you you know you you have an equation of this kind, and then the, then the kind of fallbacks that that you you know you, you're typically considering are ones where you know f x is, is this plus or minus you know um, something um, and. And so, you know, in, so it, it doesn't it doesn't look as though, in those cases, the the, um, the desire to have some sort of fallback is is pulling you in a, in a different direction from simplicity, um, but but I mean, yeah, I mean, I certainly uh, can't exclude that there's some kind of theoretically characterizable class of cases for which the, for which there is a trade off um, and um, you know and um, and so the, you know the, so there might be cases in which it's well i mean for sure there will be cases where as a matter of fact in that particular case you you are better off um, Going for for something uh, else. It would uh, be interesting to know whether there are as were, there are the, uh, sufficient kind of whether there's some kind of sensible methodology w- w- which which gives weight to to looking for for those kind of fallbacks. So. Okay, Declan, I'm afraid your question is going to have to go to the bar. But, uh, uh, thank you very much. Well. <laughs>